Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. Well, hello. We want to welcome you to our podcast, which is God's Not Done With You. And the title of that podcast is Intentional because we believe that if you're alive, you're breathing, and God's not done with you, no matter how far away you may feel that you are from God or how frustrated you are with God, God is not done with you. No matter how old or young, uh, just no matter what, God is not done with you. And you always have a chance to come back to Him or to obey Him in certain areas of your life. And that brings us to this particular uh, session of the podcast, on the life of Jonah. And really, I entitled the chapter Saying Yes to God uh, because Jonah's life is a story where he said no to God and wild things happen. Now, you know in the book of Jonah, that's the story where Jonah uh, is swallowed by the whale as he's running from God. And uh, he's trying to get as far from God as he possibly can, but God uh, sends the whale, uh, brings him back to Tarshish, which is where he was supposed to be. And Jonah eventually preaches and uh, the whole city of Nineveh comes to salvation. It's, a, it's an incredible story. But it's a story of God reaching out and disciplining us and um, bringing us back to his perfect will. And I think all of us have experienced that somewhat in our lives. Um, in the story that I wrote in the book, God's Not Done With You, I highlight uh, an anonymous person named Angela. And I happen to know Angela. She's a friend of mine. And uh, she, she responded uh, to a post that I put on social media as I was writing this book and asked the question, does anybody have a story like Jonah? And uh, Angela, as we'll call her, responded to me. And uh, so she's here in this podcast with me today as we talk back and forth about what it means to say yes to God instead of saying no to God. So Angela, welcome to the podcast and we're glad that you're with us today. And uh, I guess maybe the best way to start is just to ask you the question, why did you run from God? We all have our reasons, but why did you run from God? Well, thank you for having me, Pastor Metter. Well, why did I run from God? <laughs> That's a very loaded question. Uh, back in 2001, um, I, kinda, I lost my, my husband, uh, James, and um, I became angry. I became very angry with God. Um, I lashed out at him. I said, you know, I've done everything that you asked me to do. I prayed. I fasted. I did what you told me to do. But you took my husband. And so I became very depressed. I was angry, but yet still functioning in the church. But I was functioning. I was leading while bleeding. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was one of those difficult times where you, I just could not grasp how he could do this to me. Mm-hmm. And so, like Jonah, I ran. Wow. So it's possible for someone to be hurting and angry at God, possible for them to be upset at mm-hmm. what circumstances have happened and still put on the face yes. on Sunday morning yes. or whenever it is and yes. uh, make people think you're doing okay. Right. I carry out the motions externally while in, inside you're hurting, you're bleeding, maybe even rebelling. Is that what you were doing? Yes, that is so. You hit it right on the head. I was functioning. I was uh, the president of the altar workers in my old church. Wow. And so having that title 
altar, you know, I worked, I worked the altar and I was in charge of a few people, mm -hmm. but my heart was not there. Mm -hmm. And I was just going, like you said, I was just going through the motion. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the thing is that I had difficulty with, it was like everyone in the church, it's like I disappeared before them. Mm. So I really had no no one to really to turn to except for one lady, mm -hmm. and that was my spiritual mother. Okay. So before we talk about her conversation with you, I want you to get a little bit more into what was it like to be in disobedience. You know, for Jonah, <laughs> it was he got on the ship and went down to the sea, and a, a wind was blowing across mm -hmm. the sea. God sent the wind and storm. Everybody right. was uh, miserable with Jonah. And they were jettisoning the cargo. They were doing everything they could to make the ship mm -hmm. stay afloat. But Jonah said, no, it's, it's me. It's me. Throw me in the water right. and you'll live. And, of course, the whale swallowed him up. So, of course, God doesn't do the same thing <laughs> to all of us in disobedience exactly like that. But what mm -hmm. was it like for you to be in disobedience? For me to be in disobedience, it was like I started doing things that I normally would not do. I started hanging out with people that I generally wouldn't hang out with. Um, I started going um, to parties, and uh, I tried <laughs> I tried to get drunk one day, <laughs> and that did not work. I just got sick, but I didn't get drunk. And um, I just... I shut him out, but I can hear, still hear him calling me. But I was like, I don't have time for you right now, because wow. you, 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 not, you weren't there for me when, mm. when Jimmy died. So you feel that because God didn't uh, change the circumstance. Success. Of course, we know God's able to change any circumstance, mm -hmm. but why doesn't He change it? That's the big question sometimes. Yes. So basically, you were doing things you wouldn't otherwise do, trying to drown it out, trying to kind of put distance between yourself and God. Yes. I was, um, like I said, still functioning, but not really, no heart in it. And, you know, I stopped, stopped reading the Word, hmm. stopped praying, stopped fasting. All those things that I used to do that brought me close to Him, I was like, I gave it up. I said, it ain't nothing. There's nothing to this. Wow. So you just began to discredit basically Christianity for a little yes. while. I mean, even mm -hmm. though you knew that Jesus had died on the cross, given you yes. eternal life, you knew all that. And uh, and you were committed to him at one point. But yes. then after this happened, you just really were in a season, mm. a season of dry, dryness right. and separation. Right. right. It's like being in a desert. Yeah. You know, you want water, but there is, there is no water. And you, you look around, you're in the valley, but you can see the hills ahead of you. And it's like being in this valley with nobody there to really to help you, nobody really there to to give you the comfort that you that you are looking for. But only he could give you the comfort that you're looking for. Right. So you basically felt all alone. I mean, yeah. in, in one way, when we began to live a little bit different lifestyle <laughs> than, than those that were closest to us as believers, won't go there with us because they're not going to do that. Nope. So, yeah, you do end up being quite alone. So, you were in disobedience. You were far from God. You were alone. Yes. And uh, you felt like that uh, that bridge was a, a big big thing to gap. It was a big gap. It was, bridge over, yes. wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> so, what kind of things did you see God do uh, to bring you back? I mean, 
Okay. What was the start of you wanting to come back to God? Okay. Um, for me wanting to come back to him, it was um, one night I had went out with some friends and we went to we went to dinner. No, I was supposed to meet my pastor and that day and because um, he had came to my job and he said, I need to talk to you. He said, I can't do it here. He said, but I need you to come to the church tonight and I'll meet you at seven. So I got there. He wasn't there. Hmm. So I left. And so I went hanging out with my friends, so-called friends, I say, and we went to dinner. And at dinner, something strange happened to me. It's like I got pulled back, and I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't answer anybody. And um, come to find out, my phone started ringing, and I mean, I had all these text messages. My church had went in prayer for me that night. My pastor had called a prayer meeting that night for me. Wow. And it was one of the strangest, like I said, one of the strangest things. And then the next day, I ran into a young lady. Her name is T. We had lunch because she went to the church, and, you know, we had lunch together. And she said, God has anointed you for the comeback. Hmm. And those words echoed through my spirit. And then I spoke to my spiritual mom, and I told her, I said, I can't do this anymore. I, I hate him. She said, do you really? And so I got down on my knees, and I started praying. And then I just lashed out at God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, just laid it all out, fury. And when I finished, I said, but you're still God. You're still able. Mm -hmm. And you still love me. Mm -hmm. Mm, all true. And my my spiritual mom, she just sat there and she said, are you done? <laughs> well, you know, when I hear you talk, um, I hear and I actually see the invisible hand of God. You know, sometimes God works circumstances in such a way. We think they're coincidences, but it's just God being anonymous, like someone says. Mm -hmm. He's just not letting us know it's him that's doing it, but... We kind of scratch our heads when these things happen, but they all seem to turn us back to looking for him, and that's yeah. what I hear uh, you're saying. Your church prayed, yes, which says a lot about the power of prayer. Yes. It says a lot about the power of the church to love people when they are running from God, when they're not where they ought to be, if they're in a season of rebellion or whatever, mm -hmm. to pray for them, to expect God to work through those prayers. And you're a living testimony that God does answer prayer. Yes, he does. And the thing is, is that when... He taught me how to worship him. And that's why, you know, I see, you know, people look at me and like, you know, that's just a show. This is no show. No, you're all open. You're very open in your worship of God. And I've said this before. You're one of the, one of the key worshipers in our church in the sense <laughs> of just transparency. And, you know, the Bible says this. It says, Jesus said, to whom much is uh, given. has been forgiven, given. there is much love. Oh. And, um. So we love a lot when we realize all that God has forgiven us. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that's a pretty big piece of passion when it comes to worship and maybe yes. your passion as you worship God. So I want to dig into this, this spiritual mom thing for a moment because okay. there was an older lady apparently in your life yes. that was watching you. Maybe she was initiating some of those prayer meetings mm -hmm. uh, and she was there to counsel with you. Tell us a little bit about yeah, her. how she, uh, what role she played. She played her 
she played such a big, big role in my life. Um, after Jimmy, when, um, before my mom passed away, my mom had came to our church and she made her way over to us and she said, I love your daughter. And my mom says, well, I'm giving her to you. Then after that, my mom passed, my mom passed away. And so from that day, she, her and I, we just, we, we meshed. And there was a time when I did run to the altar and I was there and I clung onto the altar and she is another mother of the church that came over to me and she said, no, no, she said, I got this. And she, she, sat, she sat there with me mm-hmm. while I did the ugly cry. Her, I could call her about anything. Right. And, you know, she would give me spirit. First, first she'll chew me out and say, you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. And then she'll give me spiritual wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what I seek now is, you know, it's just spiritual wisdom because they, the Bible tells us that the older are supposed to teach the younger. That's right. And not just to be good house, um, house, housewife and things like that, but you also have to be somebody has to import into you, into your spirit. Right. And so that's the only way that we grow. It's like we're like a, we're like a seed. First, we, you know, you know you, the foul ground is broken up. Mm-hmm. Then the seed is planted. Mm-hmm. And then someone come, then she, she watered me. Yeah, that's true. And... God gets the increase. Yeah, so that's what your spiritual mom did for you. Yes, she was there. She, she was prayed there for you. Yes, <laughs> she watered the seed that God had planted in, in your heart. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. So that says a lot to older men and older women who look towards the younger men and younger women who may be hurting in some way, and and uh, they realize they have a big role to play. So and we this, do. This woman had a big role to play in your life. Yes, and on uh, February. Of February 21st of this year, the Lord took her home. Wow. So apparently God worked a big ministry to you through her through life. Her, through her life. She probably heard, well done. Good yes, yes. And her, her favorite thing is to me, Scylla, <laughs> you know what he called you to do, so why are you not doing it? Oh, yeah. And that That's was good. her thing. That was good. Well, Angela, I love that. I love that story. I think it has a lot of application for a lot of people. So what would you say today, just in brief statements that of advice, of counsel, what would you advi- advice would you give to those who are running from God today? Now, they may not be running like Jonah did. They mm-hmm. may not be on the other side of uh, the sea there, swimming by themselves in that stormy uh, sea the way Jonah was before he was swallowed <laughs> by the whale. But, but they've started to turn away from God. They've started to be disenchanted with God, disengaged with him. What would you say to them that are running from God? Wow. You can run, but you can't hide. Even like myself, Jonah, we both ran and we thought that we were hiding from God. But one thing about it is God has called you by name. He has chosen you for for such a time as this. You can't, whatever, there's some things you may say, well, you know, I've done this, I've done that. God is a forgiving God. He is a loving God. So whatever you've done, or had done, just give it over to him because, you know, he gives and gives and calling comes without repentance. So there's something in each and every one of us that we are to give to the world Mm -hmm. before we leave here. And your calling, it may not be preaching or whatever or teaching or whatever, but you do have a purpose. And 
to find your purpose is prayer, seeking God, and getting his word. And that's all. Yeah, it's pretty simple, really, on the bottom line. It's like you can choose a strong relationship with God and get all the benefits from that. Or you can choose just a passing relationship with God mm-hmm. and be dragged down, dragged away. And, uh, and miss out on the blessings, miss yes. out on the obedience, miss out on all the purpose God has for your life. And I see so many people like that today who are, who are not willing to draw closer to God, and yet they miss out on so many things. And that's the key is that we do, we miss what he has prepared for us because of of because of our disobedience and we're not coming to him. He said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Because yeah, yeah. most of us that are running, we are restless. You know, I love, I love the fact that we can end this interview uh, by talking about grace because the bottom line of it is God always extends an invitation to us. Yes. And that invitation is that we would come to him and that he would forgive us for any sins. He would also heal our wounds, our hurts. Yes. Uh, we may not understand why we lose people in our life, in your case. Uh, we may not understand why uh, certain circumstances have happened. But when you look back, you can see how God causes all things to work together, together for, for good. good. And I know you know you well enough to know you're married today. To, yes. To a guy that loves you a whole lot. And, uh, <laughs> and I know him well. And it's really amazing when you look back how things fit together that didn't fit together as we were going mm-hmm. forward. We just didn't see how God was going to work. So God's not done with you no matter how far you are from him, whether you're Jonah or Angela or any other name in between those two. Um, God's not done. Come back to him and Amen. watch how he works in supernatural ways. Amen. Uh, I want you to remember the title of this book, God's Not Done With You. I want you to... Uh, to keep in mind that that's a personal statement to you as well. And Angela, thank you for coming on the podcast and letting us know what it feels like to be a Jonah for a certain <laughs> season of life. <laughs> We're going to pray together. Yes. Uh, we'll close our podcast. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for the stories and the testimonies of those that have come back. Now, we don't get benefit of that in the book of Jonah. We don't ever know how he ends his uh, ongoing argument with God. But let us... Not be like Jonah, but let's be like Angela here, who comes back to you, who uh, who asks your forgiveness, and who begins to draw close to you again. And the benefits that come with that, the blessings that come with that, I pray for everyone listening today yes, Lord. to know that intimacy that we can have with you when we trust you again. Sometimes we have to trust you all over again, but you're there, and uh, you you are you are trustworthy. So today I thank you for who's listening, and I pray that you'll speak to their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.